And then the three highest placed teams after the regular season from each division, and then two wild card teams per conference, which we'll talk about, enter the playoff in an elimination tournament. Uh, tournament to determine. Permanent. Terminant. Terminant. Determined. Determined. Determinant. Anemone. Welcome to the show. I'm Blair. And I'm Kirsten. And we are Mediocre, Mediocre Content. And I still have peanut butter stuck in my teeth. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I can feel it on my lips. I tried. I said I was ready. <laughs> she wasn't ready, everybody. She was not ready. And needed a snack. Well, welcome to April. Yes. Quarter two, 2023. Here we go. All right. That's... <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> Welcome to your business meeting. We'd like to talk about our analytics from last quarter. And no, no, no. <laughs> what, is, no. <laughs> what are those like um, those business lingo TikToks now? I love <laughs> just setting setting up for the next quarter and I can't remember I, all of them now. I like the ones where it's how to, <clears throat> like how to be passive aggressive, but in business. <sighs> yes. It's how do best. I professionally say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those are the best ones. Uh, uh, it is tax season. Uh, it's also fun. On this, in the same vein, just to bring everybody <laughs> down another notch. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we'll have to start this over. <laughs> I, we actually filed our taxes already, and it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Chris really enjoys doing the taxes. Like, as soon as January rolls around, he's like, "Okay, give me all your W twos." I'm like, "I haven't gotten all my W twos." Literally, yet, the majority don't even release till February. Get a grip. That's, I know. <laughs> I know. And he's like, "I'm so excited. I'm so ready to get it all set up and everything." I'm like, "You know, you're married to someone who loves math mm. when they're excited to do the taxes." At least I know where Tyler and I stand because that is not the case here. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm cool with it. I'm like, yeah. yes, please do my taxes. Please, I love me. you the most. Please do my taxes. Oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I know it gives me the heebie-jeebies too. Um, I do have something to tell you. Yay! Okay, I find to be amazing. Uh, it's not going as swimmingly right now as I thought, uh, which is fine. But I thought about you when I made this purchase. <laughs> Oh, so I don't know if I've said it yet, but we are going to take a vacation with some friends in May to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. This set of friends, their daughter usually would watch our fur babies, but she's unable to do that because uh, she's on the trip. Correct. That would be very okay. difficult. <laughs> yeah, sure. I digress. So we're thinking, okay, we need a new pet sitter. I've been talking to the pet sitter. She is fantastic. The cats love her. All is well. However, yeah. In the morning, she can't get in until like nine o'clock. And if you know anything about Puma, a little change in schedule, we have VOMS, um, yes. which is really stressful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we made the leap of faith <laughs> and we purchased auto feeders. <laughs> Yay! Oh my God, it just changed your whole life. It hasn't yet. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. <laughs> So let me tell you this really brief saga of how it's been for the last week with these stupid auto feeders. I am so excited. This is not the trajectory I thought this conversation was going to go. And <laughs> I love it. Where did you think I was going? I don't know. You were leading up to it. Like, is she going to break up with me? Like, what's happening? I'm really know. sorry, but it's not working out. And I just wanted to tell you in front of everyone. 
it's not you it's me no it's 100 percent you so uh-huh. yeah. um so i purchased these ones specifically because they had the most reviews and also it could convert into a two feeder and for perspective we have three cats so we need one that's a two feeder and then Lynx kind of eats by himself because he's picky um and also cougar hates him but i digress yeah okay yeah (laughs) the setup of this thing was ridiculous first of all the directions were basically the most unhelpful thing on this planet and i thought i was setting everything up correctly but it kept timing out because it's supposed to hook to the wi-fi so you could set up the feeding schedule or manually it's like way more advanced than i anticipated i just wanted an auto feeder right yeah right um, so I kept trying to hook it to the Wi-Fi and it wouldn't hook. Turns out I'm just an idiot. I kept typing in my Wi-Fi password wrong and it kept timing out because I <laughs> typed it in wrong. So user error. User that was error. me for 45 minutes. I literally almost packed it up and sent it back <laughs> because I was an idiot. Rage <laughs> real- quit. Rage quit. <laughs> the stupid feeders, but it worked out. And then here's the fun part. So we've been feeding the cats manually our whole lives obviously because that's what you do you feed your animals on your own right this has confused and befuddled all three of them (laughs) can i just tell you so problem number one is that they did not love the noise of the food exiting violently out of this machine it sounds so chaotic and puma in her skittish ways the food would start spitting out and she would run away she said no and you know her like she loves to eat oh my god and so cougar the only intelligent one of the three figured it out immediately she's on board she's She's here also i would like to say i as as far as i know the most food driven of all she's very intelligent and very food driven she will get it done Cougar's great. Puma's a little wary. Lynx, completely confused. Does not compute. (laughs) I put his food in the food bowl, refusing to eat. And I could not. So what I decided is I was going to set the feeder up and let it pour into the bowl because he likes to do a little dancey dance around the bowl as he eats. So I'm like, okay, maybe his fat head can't fit underneath. (laughs) I love that so much. He's so stupid. Maybe his fat head can't fit underneath. Right. So I'll just raise it up and let the food just drop into it. And then he Mm -hmm. can do his little dancey dance and it not be inhibited by the machine because he's like hitting his head. Well, that didn't work. He still hates the bowl. So then I was like, okay, well, I have it raised up. Maybe he wants his bowl. And now that I have it raised up, it doesn't really matter what bowl it's in because it's going to just fall in. Right. This morning, I have to pick him up put him in front of the bowl as it's spewing into the bowl and he sniffs it and he's like okay i'm getting it and then i leave and he's following me up the stairs i'm like no 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 no. you need to go eat so i pick him up again and he's not light no put him by the feeder (laughs) and he's like munch 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 i walk away he's like where are we going mom and i'm like you need to eat (laughs) just leave me alone you are destroying the purpose of an auto feeder if you don't go eat (laughs) Have you, have we considered the possibility that he will eat, he will figure it out if he gets hungry enough? Have we thought about that? I did, but here are the problems. (laughs) Okay. The girls will just eat everything. Ah, yeah, that's right. So I need him to at least initially start eating. And then if they want to graze later, they can 
figure it out amongst themselves. Yeah. But I need him to just initially eat, get it done and be done. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So does he, so (sighs) I have questions. So have we tried isolating him in like his own little room when he eats? Just to like take away any of the other like external stimulation, the other cats and all that stuff. So no, but also there's nowhere else to put it. It okay. so the this is also something that annoys me with these. I'm not a hundred percent sold on them. I still might return them and get something different if I'm not, you know, whatever. That's fair. But um <clears throat> the peculiar thing about this is the system itself requires you to put batteries in it, but it cannot run off batteries alone unless it's an emergency situation and is required to be plugged in. So right. I could move it if it would just run off the batteries, but because of the fact that it requires to be plugged in, there's only a certain space in our dining room that has can that put him. Yeah. So, and it's not, he's been eating with the girls. That's not a problem. He's just, ADHD I don't really know like he wants to do his dancey dance so we solved that problem he's doing his dancey dance and he's loving it uh, which really just consists of him walking around his bowl like eating like this with his neck and for (laughs) like a dog like a dog he just gotta do his he's really the most dog cat I've ever owned Mm. um which disturbs Puma she stares at him every time he does it like that is so weird but um we've solved that problem Now I just need them to do it on their own without me there because currently they will only go if I'm standing next to the bowls as they're spewing out the food and it'll probably take time. It's only been a week. I was going to say, yeah, you might just need more time. It's only been a week. It has gone off when we haven't been here because it's scheduled for like their normal time at 430 because I was like, this will get you used to like really eating on a schedule. Yeah. Um, Instead of whenever we get back from stuff, but like. I don't know. That's just it's so obviously we started our cats on the automatic feeder very young because Mm -hmm. there were more instances than not that we were coming home late. Right. And because of the nature of our jobs and stuff. So we and the other thing is, is that we like to go on little Mm -hmm. vacations or travel or whatever. So we want to make sure that they're fed. And right. we don't always want to pay for somebody to come over, even if it's just for like a day or whatever. Right. Exactly. Um, But I will say that it does take a little bit of time for them to acknowledge the fact that like, you're not the one feeding them anymore. It's right. the feeder that's feeding you. Yeah. So I would say continue like acting like you're going to go and like pretend to feed do it yeah. and then just like <clears throat> let them watch the food come out. Yeah. Um. And then hopefully after a certain number of weeks, maybe yeah. links a little bit longer because you yeah. know, he's a little special. That one is so slow. <laughs> um, then, then they'll kind of like get the vibe and then you yeah. can, you'll be independent of, they'll be independent of you. I'm so hoping. I think Cougar definitely is just like, I now associate. Puma is like, I'm scared of it, but also I'm going to eat now. Yeah. And then, you know, links is just left field. Doing what he do. He is so special. special. He's a special boy. (laughs) Anyway, that was really long-winded. I just wanted to share that. (laughs) I I thank you for that. I speaking of cat gadgets that I recently purchased. Um Mm -hmm. I bought, have you seen on TikTok the little um like the little fishes 
that yeah. they put in the sink and they're mm-hmm. like electronic and they like they so I bought those oh the so cats cute. and we fill up a little bucket I, when it gets a little bit warmer outside I'm gonna do it like it'll be mm-hmm. an outside activity precious but, um <clears throat> I put the I put two fish in there and like some little plastic plants and stuff and mm-hmm. oh my god they, they love- were both just obsessed oh my god immediately obsessed Salem was like putting his paw in the water he was just like <laughs> dunking it everywhere and then spewing water everywhere naturally he just like tried to sniff it and then got his nose wet and it was really cute oh. he said oof <laughs> he was like this is not what I thought it was not it no that's great that's adorable and they like pull out the fishes and then I put them back in it's nice. very nice they're like, look what I caught. And you're like, garbage. Throw Good back. job, guys. <laughs> Do it again. Here's what I think about your gift. <laughs> Dang, Blair. <laughs> I I think it's good for them. It's stimulation. They it get to use their prey drive. It's perfect. It is perfect. That's cute. <laughs> it's like we have a pond, but I don't have to worry about it. And then Chris and I were, Chris was like, he's like, so I guess we're not going to get fish anytime soon. <laughs> No, because now they're going to be like, I'm going to eat those. <laughs> I, it's like the pretty electronic ones that mom mm-hmm. bought us. So we can totally just stick our paws in there and fish them out. Same, no, same. Not, not, not the same. <laughs> what a great lesson. It was awesome. Um, I see that you also have some notes in here. I do. Yes. Did you so want to go wanted, over that? <laughs> I wanted to give ourselves a little pat on the back today. Okay. Because... This episode marks our 20th episode. And although it is not a milestone like a 50th episode or a 100th episode, Mm -hmm. I just feel like because (laughs) we deserve a little pat on the back because every once in a while you need a little pat on the back. So so here's some statistics for (laughs) for us. Okay, we are current. There are currently around three to four million podcasts out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. 44% of those podcasts have less than three episodes. So we have made it past that mark. There's a threshold. (laughs) We have made it past that mark pretty significantly. Those are the ones that just gave up. They're like, no, this is not for me. (laughs) Right. Only 720,000 podcasts have more than 10 episodes. We've also made it past that. Okay. All right. And also Mm -hmm. of those 720,000 podcasts, podcast episodes only 156 podcasts are released every week nice okay. so we are in the one percent we're in the we are <laughs> we're, we are also we just closed out our six months of our podcast I thought about yes. that yesterday I was like oh my gosh we have been doing this for six months it's so awesome <laughs> so although we don't have the listening <laughs> audience that a lot of other podcasts do yeah we are still hitting it we're doing okay I feel yeah we're 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 doing all right we're we're plugging along for a podcast that started just because that's right (laughs) that's about right yeah oh man that's awesome thank you for sharing those statistics so on our 20th episode (laughs) we are we're out here doing it man and thank you to those who do consistently listen. You yes. don't understand how much it is so exciting because we see all the statistics on the background. I'm sorry if you can see Puma trying to get into my arms right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Said, Mom, I want to give you a hug. <laughs> Great statistic. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm holding her now. 
Um, but for those who do listen, it's so fun to see the statistics when we release an episode and see that people have listened. And so thank you for listening and for yes. making this like it's for us, but it's also for the few of you that do listen. <laughs> yeah. We love you guys. Thank you yeah. so much. Love, lots of love. Um, and with that love, we will also disclaim. <laughs> that- Indeed, we will. <laughs> That's if true. you've been around for the past 20 episodes, you know, <laughs> we are dumb. No, <laughs> we, are we, we don't know anything, um, <clears throat> but we are not experts. We want to make sure that you don't get any advice from this podcast. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. like to teach you things, um, but make sure to do your own research if you feel like we've missed something or you can reach out to us and say, hey, you missed something and you're wrong. Please fix it. <laughs> and we will just say that exactly. You are wrong. <laughs> yes. And then we'll message you back and be like, hey, um, I need a little bit more um, context, <laughs> context. <laughs> because I, I believe you. I probably <laughs> am wrong, but I just need a little context, please. In facts. Um, all right. I want to hear some good news from you. Yes. Okay. All right. So this first one is about Harvey and Harvey is a Husky. Harvey um, was adopted by a lady named Sherry Langston, who was scrolling through social media in Seattle and saw that Harvey needed to be adopted at a animal shelter in San Diego. Okay. So she was original her first thought was like well he lives 1200 plus miles away like Mm -hmm. there's no way i'm going to be able to adopt this dog but then she was like well let me look at plane tickets and let me see Mm -hmm. what's going on here Mm -hmm. and so um then she got in touch so the san diego department of animal services kept like posting and in particular a woman named joe joy allinger kept posting about harvey And, you know, because she had developed a relationship with Harvey um, Mm -hmm. and wanted him to be adopted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, the thing about Harvey, though, is that his face is lopsided (laughs) and he kind of looks like a doofus 24-7-365. I love that you posted the picture. I I wanted you to see the picture because it is so stinking cute. And like. Some would say he does not look like your ideal husky. He's he's not the most beautiful, but he is so stinking cute. <laughs> he is cute. He just looks like a doofus all the time. <laughs> and it's so good. Me too, Harvey. Me too. Right. <laughs> so basically she messages Joy um, and says, hey, I really am interested in this dog. Mm-hmm. And Joy was like, great come down to San Diego and you can have this dog. And they did. And Aww. now Harvey lives with another dog, the family there. Cause they also, they have um, two kids and a dog already. And then they brought Harvey in to that so family cute. as well. Aww. So he lives his life with his new dog friend, as well as his new fam. And Aww, it's precious. adorable. That He's is. so cute. He is so cute. Oh, I'm glad he found a forever home. That's great. Yeah. So always a good news when a cute little dog who may not be your stereotypical Mm -hmm. family dog, you know. Yeah. He has a new home. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to Staten Island, 
whew, all the way on the other coast. <laughs> uh huh. And we're going to talk about the granny restaurant. Okay. <laughs> um, it's called Enoteca Maria. Ooh. And basically, this guy, mm-hmm. his name is Joe Scarav- Scaravella, mm-hmm. uh, Italian. And he basically started a restaurant um, after his grandmother, sister, and mother passed away. And off he started the restaurant on the basis of, like, the best meals in your life are usually made by your grandmother. Oh, my gosh. So he invites grandmothers. From, originally, it was, like, Italian grandmothers. Mm-hmm. But from all different kinds of ethnicities and cultures and they take turns making food for the restaurant. That is so cute. I might cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, the Staten Island, New York eatery has a unique concept with the idea that no one cooks a more heartful meal <clears throat> better than a grandmother. The result, the restaurant is home to a rotating cast of grandmothers or nanas, Mm -hmm. as they call them, who cook the meals they've been providing for their families for generations. When it first opened, it only featured Italian nanas, but now the roster includes grandmothers from Sri Lanka, uh, Azerbaijan, Trinidad, Syria, Japan, and beyond. That's is beautiful and Isn't I it? live near New York and I need to go yeah <laughs> and visit you need to this go. place you need to do some on-site reporting and I tell us try. how it is oh my gosh that is precious I ugh, between my mom and my grandma's cooking 10 out of 10 right <laughs> yeah so it's well, it's beautiful. giving it's giving ratatouille it's giving <laughs> like is, in the sense it? of like your yeah. home cooking is the best cooking, right? It is. Like always feels better. Um, so yeah. Anyway, oh, that's lovely. I'm gonna hand it over to you now so we can talk about something totally not related to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, grandma might like hockey games. I don't know. Uh it's my current obsession. Canadian <laughs> Canadian grandmas, probably. Canadian grandmas for sure. Um okay, so in all honesty, this episode is a product of my current obsession with the NHL, which is National Hockey League, for those who are unaware. Um, The reason that this happened, just a backstory for me, is we, so we live in Rhode Island, and we have the Providence Bruins, which go up to the Boston Bruins in Massachusetts, and we went to a singular just for funsies, a singular hockey game for the Providence Bruins. And I have been hooked ever since. I watch it on TV. I follow the statistics. We follow certain games just for certain teams. And um, I don't think I'll ever be the same again. She moves to the Northeast one. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a stun deal. I mean, it's no, but I... I no shade to you at all because I I lived in Pittsburgh for a time for so long for a time and long enough I I went to my fair share of hockey games and mm-hmm. it is a vibe it is, it is a vibe. unlike any other sport mm-hmm. it's fast paced there's a lot going on there's the energy fighting. is violent yeah the energy is violent it's like a great release 
yes. of like negative energy for something positive and it's mm-hmm. just I'm it's here for best. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's good to like you can rage appropriately in an appropriate <gasps> yes. setting. And everyone is with you. <laughs> so that is just a little bit of background there. Um that said, the one thing I do want to note um, as always, we'll do like a little bit of history on the NHL. And it's important to say that the NHL was not like what it is today. Always. It's actually a predecessor to a different league altogether. And if you know a lot about the Northeast and the upper North America, uh, you know where Canada exists and their obsession with hockey runs far deeper than that of the United States, just for they start skating reason. before they can walk. Absolutely. Um, so actually, the Canadian version that the NHL is the predecessor to is called the National Hockey Association. And this began in Canada in 1909. Uh, the National Hockey Association was a professional ice hockey organization with teams in Ontario and Quebec, Canada specifically. And the NHL founded was founded by Ambrose O'Brien, who introduced what is a six-man hockey by removing the specific rover position in 1911. And we'll talk about positions and things like that later, but that's kind of where all of this punched off. Obviously there's other leagues and associations and all that stuff, but this is all I care about right now. (laughs) Got it. This is where we're focusing. Um, The National Hockey League was officially formed in 1917 and started with four Canadian teams, Uh, to which the first U.S. team, the Boston Bruins, was added to in 1924. The initial four Canadian teams for the 1917 launch of the NHL was the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal Wanderers, Ottawa Senators, and Quebec Bulldogs. And the NHL did become the strongest league in North America uh, and in 1926 would take a permanent position of the Stanley Cup, which is a trophy that represents essential world supremacy in ice hockey. Um, and that headquarters is now in New York City. Beautiful. So, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, the league for the NHL, the membership rose to about 10 and then dropped. And it's just kind of been fluctuating as teams would come and go throughout the NHL. Uh, it did hold steady, uh, at about six teams, which are now known as the original six. And that was from 1942 to 1967. Those teams were the Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings, Montreal Canadiens, so still holding strong. New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. All uh, of those I've heard of before. Yes, exactly. And maybe the the original four, um, probably not many have heard. The Ottawa Senators, I believe, are still there's still a team. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, lots of fluctuation. There was a lot of changeover. There was also we'll talk about you know how they're currently dispersed uh, team wise nowadays. But there was also a lot of uh, like dispersion upheaval and back and forth. Uh, after various periods of expansion and reorganization, the NH- NHL now consists of 32 teams and two conferences and four divisions. And like I said, we'll talk about what that looks like. The Hockey Hall of Fame was created in 1943, and it had its first inductees selected in 1945. There is a giant list of names uh 
and I can definitely go over them if we're interested in hearing them. I've never heard of these people before, but they were just the first inductees. <laughs> if you just want to oh. hear a bunch of names. <laughs> I like the bottom two where it's like Sir Montague <laughs> Allen and Lord Frederick Stanley. Okay, how about we go through these? <laughs> I wrote them down, so why not? They're fun to say. Uh, Howie Morenz, Art Ross, Georges Vizina, Dan Bain, Hobie Baker, Doobie Bowie, which is also fun to say, Chuck Gardner, Eddie Gerard, Frank McGee, super long name, Um, Tommy Phillips, Harvey Pulford, Hod Stewart, Sir Montague Allen, and Lord Frederick Stanley. Those are the last two and now Blair's favorite. Um. In 1960, the Canadian National Exhibition, City of Toronto, and NHL reached an agreement for the construction of a building to house the Hockey Hall of Fame on the Canadian National Exhibition grounds, and that would open in August uh, 1961 and then move to its present location in New York in 1993, which is the year of my birth, so that's great. Whoop, whoop. Um, Fun fact uh, it is the formal Bank of Montreal that was built in 1885 and the only building on the block to survive Toronto's Great Fire uh, of 1904. So super funsies for historical fact. Yeah, <laughs> fast facts. Um, by the mid 1960s, the desire for a network television contract in the United States, coupled with concerns for Western Hockey League, was planning to declare itself a major league and challenge the Stanley Cup spurred the NHL to undertake its first expansion since the 1920s. The league would double in size to 12 teams, which was huge then. I mean, next to the 32 there are now um, from 1967 to 68 season. And they would also add the Los Angeles Kings and Minnesota North Stars, the Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, which you should definitely know about. Got to see them at the igloo. The California Seals and the St. Louis Blues. However, Canadian fans were obviously enraged that all of these teams were strictly in the United States, which is fair considering where it came from. Yeah, no, totally. We stole it. <laughs> Absolutely. We stole it. <laughs> so we're taking that. Um, so the league decided to add the Vancouver Canucks, which is still around um, in 1970, along with the Buffalo Sabres, both of which would be located on the Canadian-U.S. border. Um, Two years after that, there was the emergence of the newly founded World Hockey Association, or WHA, led the league to add the New York Islanders, Atlanta Flames, and to keep the rival league out of those markets. So they're just having a lot of competition with other leagues, because I did mention this is not the only league in existence and certainly wasn't at the time. So there's just a lot of competition for taking the Stanley Cup is a big deal uh and in 1974 the washington capitals which i personally really enjoy um and the kansas city scouts were added and brought the league to 18 teams the expansion area era was was continuing to evolve and like i said previously there's a lot of fluctuation during that time of the additions and subtractions um but like i mentioned today they're nicely divided and equally dispersed across the states and Canada. So if you don't know anything about hockey, 
Can oh. I can I do a quick segue? Um, or not yes, a, not a segue, but an intro. <laughs> like, yeah. So you said Vancouver Canucks, and I was like, "What the heck is a Canuck?" And so I looked okay. it up, <laughs> and a Canuck is another word for a Canadian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's sometimes sharing a negative implication, but more often it is wielded with pride. Um. <laughs> That's, That's all I wanted. I just wanted you guys to know because I just, I didn't, I didn't Blair's know. over there Googling, what it's is like a, Canuck? <laughs> I love it. For those who know don't that. know, because I don't know. I didn't know that either. It's kind it of funny. It's that... like a duck or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is it a type of bird? We don't no. know. It's not. It's more funny. It's kind of like same, same because it's like Vancouver is also in Canada. So it's like Canadian, Canadian. <laughs> right no, yeah. exactly. it's like redundant kind of yeah <laughs> i like it though um all right sorry i just had to no it's fine yeah. um if you don't know though whether it's canadian or not uh hockey can be really aggressive uh and certainly has its fair share of fights uh which everybody loves so there are obviously big um lots of research and conscientiousness similar i would assume to kind of football about player safety sure um because again similar to the nfl the nhl is also paying these players to you know to be play each other up. right no and if somebody <laughs> gets injured and it's a star player or if you lose a player then that's really bad um so the nhl has its own hardships like concussions due to hard hits those are the primary concern because you are rolling at crazy speeds down the ice and hitting these people against walls and each other and smacking each other with sticks and pucks and in a fun (laughs) added twist there's razor blades on your feet and you also have weapons It's great. I'm always so worried about somebody like slicing a hand open, like heaven forbid. Horrifying. It's happened before. But recent studies have shown how the consequences of these concussions can, you know, last beyond that player's retirement, which is also what they're discussing in other contact sports. It's just the nature of a contact sport. Um, This has significant effects on the league as elite players have suffered these after effects. One of the examples that they gave was someone named Sidney Crosby and they were sidelined for 10 and a half months. She said, she said someone named Sidney Crosby as if it's not the most famous (laughs) hockey player ever. Indeed. And we're also famously (laughs) sidelined for 10 and a half months. Um, If you don't know who that is, go look it up listener. They really are fantastic. And it is really sad because again, you have these elites who are being played uh, we're playing and, you know, doing their best. This is their career. This is their whole job. And if they get hurt that bad, they can't, they can't play. You're <laughs> they, right. You know, it's a big deal. And again, it, it's, it's the same as like the NFL and other sports organizations. It's just the nature. Um, also on a selfish note, however, when the Sydney Crosby's of the team get sidelined, it's also bad publicity for the league and makes it really difficult for the league to market. So sometimes their popularity might go down if they're not, you know, playing their star players or heaven forbid they can't just kind of happens. Controversial um, question. Uh-huh. Do you feel like, and this goes for the National Football League as well. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the <clears throat> NHL um adequately protects their players that's a great question 
I can say I I don't I don't know as much about that as I wish I did. And I'd love to do more research into it. What I can say is anytime we have, and we've witnessed this um, even at the Providence Bruins where somebody does get hurt or we're watching, we watched this one guy who literally they, they hit the puck and it smacked him in the side of the face and he was immediately bleeding. And it was like this whole thing. He started, he got hit and it's almost like, all of the medical appeared out of nowhere. So I will say they are fast to respond. They are checking them out immediately. They are seeking proper attention immediately. So I think a lot of the times it's like, how fast are you responding to a lot of these issues and like getting the help that they need? So on that regard, I would say, yes, they're very responsive and timely. Overall, in terms of like the mitigation, I mean, they wear helmets, but a lot of the times for the... Regular players, they're half helmets. I mean, you see the goalie, it makes sense yeah. that they have a full face, but that's not the case for the other players. I don't know right. if it's just like a getting in your way kind of thing, but I mean, football does it. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that leaves room for for questions I would have sure. as well. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think the NFL could do better even with their equipment, but that's a different topic as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, again, well, and I don't know everything there is to know about it, but I definitely feel like there could be more long-term support yeah. mm-hmm. um, because like the average professional sports career is not very long. It is not. And I feel like once you're done, they're just like, okay, well, thanks. Have fun bye. Right. And you've got right. all these long lasting issues. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think there's, I don't know if there is some kind of retirement care or like yeah, what they do, but if they don't, I highly feel like they should. <laughs> I agree. Um, so I don't really feel like this next part makes a whole lot of sense. So I'm just going to skip that. Um, Great. <laughs> um, just know that player safety has been on the list. It is something that they are, you know, taking seriously to a point, but how seriously? Not 100%. Uh, I can say that the one thing that they did do to try and remove some of the high speed collisions on ice um, was to mandate the hybrid no touching or no touch icing for the 2013-14 NHL season. I don't know a lot about that either. You'd have to go look it up and see what all went into it. But to that, they probably do the best they can. (laughs) There's also a lot of... uh, you know, aggression coming on. So even if you're not getting hit on the ice, you may be punched on the ice. So concussions abound from all types of uh, experience. Um, Even though we're out of women's history month now, I do kind of want to talk about women in the NHL because I don't feel like it gets talked about a lot. And there were definitely women that participated. So from 1952 to 1955, Marguerite Norris served as president of the Detroit Red Wings, being the first female NHL executive and the first woman to have her name engraved on the Stanley Cup, which is amazing. Wow. I know. Um, In 1992, Manon Rume, I feel terrible trying to pronounce that, and I know I butched it, but Um, She became the first woman to play a game in any of the major professional North American sports leagues as a goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning in a preseason game against the St. Louis Blues. And she was able to stop seven of nine shots, which is also amazing. (laughs) 
In 2016, Dawn Braid was hired as the Arizona Coyotes skating coach, making her the first female full-time coach in the NHL. And the first female referees in the NHL were hired in a test run during the league's preseason prospect tournaments in September of 2019. Uh, 2016, the NHL hosted the 2016 Outdoor Women's Classic, which was an exhibition game between the Boston Pride of the National Women's Hockey League and the Le Canadiens of the Canadian Women's Hockey League as part of a 2016 NHL Winter Classic Weekend festivities, which is a mouthful, but amazing all the same. In 2019, the NHL invited four women from the U.S. and Canadian Olympic teams to demonstrate the events in all-star skills competition before the all-star game. Due to Nathan McKinnon choosing not to participate following a bruised ankle, Team USA's Kendall Coyne Schofield competed in the fastest skater competition in his place, becoming the first woman to officially compete in the NHL's all-star festivities. The attention led to the uh, NHL to include a three-on-three women's game before the 2020 All-Star Game. And again, going back to Manon, she returned to perform as the goaltender for the 2022 NHL All-Star Games Breakaway Challenge. So women still making history, even outside of Women's History Month and in the NHL, which is fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I was not ignoring you. My cat was eating my (laughs) eating my chair <laughs> no that's perfectly acceptable um and uh sounds like he needs a snack so i'm gonna let you do that and give him a break <laughs> sounds good welcome to the ad segment of this week's podcast normally we have something witty to say that would segue you into the second half of the podcast but not this time for this ad break we've created a random groove segment built exclusively for the vibes Enjoy these calming tunes before you come re-immersed in all things mediocre content. Wasn't that nice? Always good to set the mind at ease, if only for a few seconds. We hope you enjoyed this calm transition to the next half of the podcast. See you on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the second half continuing on our i should have said period there's only three periods in hockey but i could have said we're in the second period anyway uh so (laughs) we're gonna talk about the (laughs) hockey season (laughs) i have to have a good segue all right so this is about the hockey season and the stanley cup and how all of that works so um, the season is structured into preseason regular season and stanley cup playoffs For the preseason, it's generally held the last two weeks of September, and basically each team will play several not-for-the-record exhibition games, kind of like a get-ready-to-get-real kind of situation. Yeah, preseason. Right. The regular season, which generally runs from early October through April, um, makes the teams play 82 games to determine their standings. So this is like any other sport. You've got a a determination of state like March Madness or the what gosh, I totally forgot the word Super Bowl for a second. 
So anyway, it's kind of like that. And then the three highest placed teams after the regular season from each division and then two wild card teams per conference, which we'll talk about, enter the playoff in an elimination tournament uh, tournament to determine. Terminant. 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 Determined to turn them determinant. Anemone. The Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> it's so hard to say tournament to determine. My mouth just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so elimination, Stanley Cup champion. Great. Awesome. Um, as I've been discussing just a little bit, uh, we're going to talk about <clears throat> teams, locations, and how they're kind of split up. There are two conferences and four divisions. The two conferences are literally just East and West. So it's just the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And then for the Eastern Conference, there's the Metropolitan Division and Atlantic Division. And for the Western side, there's the Central and Pacific Division. And each of those have a different lineup of teams associated. For the Eastern Conference Metropolitan Division, you have the Carolina Hurricanes, Columbus Blue Jackets, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. Like you see my mouth just trying to do that weird thing. Capitals. Um <laughs> I'm so excited about this one, the second one. Oh, okay. Anyway, go ahead. So for the Eastern Conference Atlantic Division, there's the Boston Bruins, Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, Florida Panthers. Montreal Canadiens, the Ottawa Senators, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Toronto Maple Leafs. What's your comment? (laughs) (laughs) Constant comment. So Buffalo Sabres Mm -hmm. is spelled like Sabre in the office where they mispronounce it historically as Sabres. And the first time I looked at it, I was like, it's the Buffalo Sabres. It is not the Buffalo Sabres. (laughs) It is not that. Nice try, though. <laughs> I think it's nice. I think it should be the Sabres. Well, now you've ruined it for me because that's all I'll call it now. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, for the Western Conference Central Division, there's the Arizona Coyotes, Chicago Blackhawks, Black Colorado Avalanche, Dallas Stars, Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blues, and Winnipeg Jets. And the Western Conference Pacific Division is Anaheim Ducks. So there is a duck team. Uh, Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Sharks, Seattle Kraken, Vancouver Canucks, Blair's favorite, and Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the teams, and it's a mouthful. The San Jose Sharks is... So I saw a Pittsburgh Penguin game where they mm-hmm. played the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. And the Sharks, like for their intro, mm-hmm. they had like shark fins like that were projected onto the ice and it looked really cool that's the thing so if you also want to see another amazing introduction for a team look up the seattle kraken because they Mm. have a giant like octopus arm that they let lights up in the middle of the ice rink and and it looks like it's cracked up into the eye it's like super Mm -hmm. cool highly recommend Uh. it um it's a so, very fun watch what we're saying is go to the hockey game for the light show <laughs> for the light ahead show of time, and then you can leave it's true when they introduce the teams it's a lot of fun because each yeah. team has their like special way of doing things when it's a home game so highly recommend also keep in mind that these are the nhl teams so for example like i talked about in the intro of things mm-hmm. 
there's the Providence Bruins, but they move up to the Boston Bruins right. for the so NHL. I think that's called, and I don't know if it's different for hockey, but for baseball, it's called a farm team. Right. Essentially. And yeah. So basically yeah. you get mm-hmm. um, contracts and scouts and yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. You, yeah. So if you're familiar with baseball, it's like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now for positions, this is important because like we talked about in the beginning when, um, it was being founded and kind of setting it off apart mm-hmm. from its pre- uh, its previous, uh, association in Canada, mm-hmm. there was one position that was eliminated, uh, which was the Rover position. So a Rover was a position in ice hockey used from its formation in the late 19th, early 20th century. And at the time, ice hockey consisted of seven positions, along with the goaltender, two defensemen and three forwards. Those positions are still in use. The Rover, unlike all the other pieces of the team that had specific duties, was exactly what it sounds like. They could just they were just used for whatever was needed during the game at any time. Oh. So not really a set position. They would just roam the ice and address whatever <laughs> they needed to address. Um, as the skill level level of players increased, however, the need for this type of position really decreased. And after it was formed in 1910, the National Hockey Association decided to just exclude it altogether. The league successor, as we talked about, was the NHL did the same thing in 1917. However, the Pacific Coast Hockey Association formed in 1911 kept that. And when they were in competition with each other or the associations had um, teams that were competing against other leagues, they ended up having to make a compromise during those Stanley Cup matches because one team would use it and one team wouldn't. And there were different sets of rules that applied depending on whether you did or didn't use that role. So they would just kind of alternate between the different sets of rules to make it fair for teams that still utilize that player. Yeah. It's like in baseball when the American league doesn't, or what is it? The national league makes the pitchers bat and the American Mm, league doesn't. mm -hmm. Right. And then when you go to a world series, it just depends on where they're playing. Yeah. And then you just have to play by that set. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it fair, but also allows them to just play how they want to play. Exactly. Um, As for the other positions, of course, there's the goaltender or goalie. This is considered the main player of the entire game. Like that, that is the player Um, on the ice. Who is responsible for stopping the pucks? The goalie Uh, when shot from the opposing team, obviously. Uh, Also, the goaltender has the most creative liberties. So if you look at the goalies, you'll often see their helmets are extremely cool. They usually have a personal paint job. They can have uh, any sort of like affiliate colors on their pads because their pads are huge, obviously, because they got pucks coming at them at lightning speed. Um, So overall, lots of customization. They're pretty much the most prominent player. And if the other team touches... The opposing team's goalie, it's gloves off. They will immediately fight. It's great. Um, there are the defensemen. During regular play, there will usually be two defensemen on the ice per team. The primary objective of which is to stop the opposing team from scoring, which makes mm-hmm. sense. And there is typically a left and right defenseman, which is why there's two. And then the forwards, which the main objective is to score on the opposing team's goaltender. 
So generally the forwards are kind of on the shorter side and usually have a very quick speed on the ice. And that's so that they can get in between the players with the puck skirt around the opposing team and make the score. Uh, There is usually three forwards for the majority of the game. Each one will have, you know, their specific positions on the ice. Sounds a lot like soccer. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Um, There are specialty positions, though. Um, They're kind of like subcategories that just kind of exist depending on if you have a particular skill that stands out uh, on the team. Specifically, there is sniper, playmaker, power forward, two-way forward, grinder, enforcer, offensive defenseman, and shutdown defenseman. Um, I don't want to get into the specifics they're just subcategories dependent on skills and you know what you're really good at in that role Mm -hmm. so if you want to look up more and like dive into those feel free but i'm going to move on to my favorite part and the final part of this ice hockey podcast (laughs) which is which is the leaders of the nhl so this is data as of when i made this podcast set (laughs) so Things may have changed. They've played games since. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, so there are team leaders and there are player leaders. We're going to do the team leaders first. So there are skating leaders that have three different categories that you can be considered a leader in. Uh, goals per game, power play percentage. If you don't know what a power play is, it's when the opposing team has a player that is kicked off the ice or they're just down a player and you basically have an uneven number that you're now playing Mm -hmm. against. So you have the advantage if you have more players, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, If you score during this time, that's considered applicable to your power play percentage. Uh, Penalty minutes. uh, This is more important in fantasy hockey, so I'm not going to pay it too much mind. But for goals per game, we had Edmonston, Oilers at 3.93. So that's how many goals per game that they're scoring. Power play percentage is 31% at Edmonston Oilers as well. So they've led in both those two categories. And then penalty minutes is Montreal Canadiens at 842 minutes. Go look it up if you want to know what fantasy hockey is. <laughs> um, there are also goaltending leaders. They also have three categories of skills. There are goals against, which just means anything um, uh, or goalies that are under 2.25 are considered elite. I had to look up goals against. I'm still not 100% sure what it is, nor do I have a good way of explaining it. So just know 2.25 and under is considered good. That was led by the Boston Bruins at 2.11, which is pretty elite. There is the save percentage, the um, above average of which is 0.915%. So that save percent went to the Boston Bruins at 0.931%, which is also considered elite. And then shutouts. And shutouts is when the opposing team or whatever team scores and the other team gets nothing. Like they just do not score anything and that team takes the full (laughs) game. Uh, and that went to the Carolina Hurricanes with eight shutouts so far. Wow. I know. Um, then there are player leaders. So these are just individuals. Uh, skating leaders, there's points. That went to Connor McDavid of the Edmondson Oilers. Um, 
he received 138 points so far, and this is for any goals or goal assists that they achieve. They get a certain number of points for those. He also is currently in the lead for goals in general at 60 goals. And then there is something called the plus minus rating, and this is calculated by giving the player one point for each even strength or shorthanded goal his team scores while he is on the ice, and you subtract that uh, one point for each even strength or shorthanded goal the opposing team scores while he's on the ice. Confusing, I don't do maths. Basically, Hampus Lindholm of the Bruins is at 46, (laughs) plus or minus. (laughs) Cool. And then the final is the goaltending leaders, which is, uh, again, goals against. Goalies under that 2.25 are considered elite. And Linus Allmark of the Boston Bruins uh, is at 1.95, which is astounding. He also is currently in the lead at his save percentage at 0.937%. And he also has the final one, which is wins at 35. Nice. So that's a whole bunch of statistics. Anyway, sports. <laughs> I know sports, <laughs> uh, battle, sports, aggression, the punching. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, I like it. It's not for everyone. It's not exactly the most riveting part, but it's my favorite because I've watched the teams recently and like get to see the stats in real time. Um highly recommend if you go in person it's great on tv but it is nothing like going in person and experiencing a hockey game at least once i feel Um, like that goes for most sporting events um the only time i have never experienced that is with golf and that's a whole nother (laughs) podcast oh my god golf i don't i honestly have no desire to go to a football game they're not my thing i feel like they last too long and i am just not that interested (laughs) that's fair that's fair um, but I love baseball. I love Baseball's hockey. Good. Yeah, baseball is great. We went to a baseball game with you guys. That was really great. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. But um, that's really all I have. Anything you'd like to add? <laughs> um no, I think Perfect. that's good. I'm so glad that you're like <laughs> I'm so Oh no, you're girl- into Oh no, I froze. Okay, try again. try again. Um, I'm so glad you're diverting your fangirl energy into hockey. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like this goes very well with the argument that like men who are obsessed with sports are also fangirls. They just don't realize it. Absolutely they are. And also my fangirling doesn't stop there because I've also hit a K-pop J-pop spurt and I'm listening to like Stray Kids and another one that I've really enjoyed recently and i can't think of what the name is now but uh fangirling is great and i'm having a good time i'm so glad (laughs) i'm so happy for you we should go to a hockey game together we should um i'd love to see a hockey i don't love the west coast necessarily i've also never been so i'm completely biased just objectively but i would love to go to one on the west coast specifically the krakens (laughs) i think i think we can make that happen i think so yeah um what was i gonna say in oh i'm also gonna take you to a soccer game because okay. <laughs> although although it is completely different in how yeah. they play the sport, it is the same energy. Like people, especially in like California, I feel mm-hmm. like people really get into it. I like They're, that. Yeah. So I feel like it's a good experience to try as well. I also think that would be a good experience to try. 
Um, I don't think I've seen a soccer game since Chris played like upward soccer. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> um, if you'd like to throw it back, you could do that with us at our <laughs> Gmail. <laughs> And mediocre throw it back, throw it back. <laughs> Connect with us and throw it back at mediocre Take it back now, y'all. <laughs> One hop this time. Right foot, let's go. Left foot, let's go. Oh, we don't get copyrighted with that one. Uh, you can uh, also send us a tweet and a beat over at Mediocre Squawks or connect with us on Instagram. I don't have anything witty for that. So it's just Mediocre Content Podcast. <laughs> so just take us over there, I guess. <laughs> Indeed. Um, anyway, well, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>